Hello, world. This is Tristan Law, and you're listening to Epic Speaks. It's the newest podcast chronicling a woman's journey from to the streets and back. But you probably knew most of that already because you listen to our Epic Speaks promo on, on Apple Podcasts, on Google, on Stitcher Radio, on TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, pretty much anywhere that you like to listen to a podcast. But then again, this podcast is not me about me because I, I'm just a moderator and a host. I'd like to introduce the world to my cousin, Epic. Epic, say hello to the world. Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Time to tell the story, share the story, and hopefully it helps somebody along the way. All right. Well, you know, Epic, that I'm glad that you said that because the question I want to ask you is like, why did you want to do this? Um, okay. So I know that I'm not the only person that has been affected by, I would say, family abuse, I'm going to call it, whether it be physical or emotional or verbally. And um, I just wanted to put it out there because when I was growing up, I felt alone and nobody understood what I was going through. Whether they talked about it or not, I felt like it was just me. And uh, this is for other little girls, or other little boys that are going through the same thing to know that they can come out of this and that this is not just the end. This is only the beginning. Okay, very good. So when you said that you, there was mental and physical abuse, you know, from, from, from the family and, and, and from others, describe that. Give us a, give, shine a little bit of light. Tell us what's, what, what that means. So as far as I can remember... I'll take it back to maybe third grade. Third grade, you're what, like eight years old, nine years old? Sounds about eight. right. So um, I can always remember it, the love wasn't there with me and my mom. And uh, it was always there for my brothers, not me. So I do remember a specific story. The story sticks with me to this day, and I'm 32 years old. And uh, I remember going to school. A little girl was her birthday. And uh, another girl has stolen, stole her money. The one that stole her money told her it was me. She called my house phone, told my mom it was me. My mother listened. And my mother had, I think she had beat me. But what I remember mostly, she had kicked me in my back. And I had told her, like, you know, it's not me. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. And she would not listen to me. So the very next day, the girl that it was her birthday that got the money stolen from, she called and said, hey, you know, it wasn't it wasn't your daughter. It wasn't her. It was the other girl. And my mom was just like, oh, okay. She never apologized to me for what she did. Even though I was wrong, I felt like I still had my rights. And I knew that what was right from wrong, and that was wrong. My mother never apologized. She never, like, gave me any type of, oh, my God, I'm sorry. Oh, my God, I messed up. It was just like, okay, move on. It's over. So... I knew from then, like, it was just different. A lot of my friends always likes to ask me, well, do you think that it's because your father wasn't there? Well, me and my other brother had the same father. So what's the excuse? Okay, understandable. And, and for, the, for those listening, they may not understand because, you know, some of, the, some of our audience might be a little younger. But back in the day when you called somebody, you know, the phone wasn't in your pocket unless it was like a cordless phone. It was attached to the wall. But, you know, technology has taken us, you know, above that. Um, your, your mom, Epic, may actually listen to this. Your mom, my cousin as well, too, you know, she may listen to this. What do you, what, 
if she's listening to this right now, what do you want her to get from this? I need people to take responsibility. My family does not know how to take responsibility for the things that they have done, for the positions and the roles that they have played. Everybody likes to play the victim, and people like to forgive and forget when it's convenient for them. Take responsibility. At this point in time, do I feel like I want an apology? No. It's not about an apology anymore. It's about helping others. When I was when I told people that I was going to tell my story family-wise, when I told them that, it was, what's the point? Nobody needs to hear about that. No, it, you don't need to talk about that. I'm going to talk about it because it's my story. And it's what made me who I am right now. I need people to basically realize that there's a cause and effect. If you speak to kids a certain way, they'll end up a certain way. And it's not an excuse, it's reality. A lot of people like to, you know, going to church, I've learned that it's about you speak life living. You learn that you speak life, life and death lies in your tongue. The whole time I was younger, the whole time growing up, everybody spoke death over me. Nobody saw anything good in me. I don't know why, but that's how it was. And in a way, my life kind of turned out that way towards the end. But then it all turned around for the better later. So I know that we're going to talk about this in future in future episodes. And I just want to do a little bit of foreshadowing right now. You know, explain to uh, those that are listening what were the effects of everything that happened when you were a child. Just, just, just briefly touch on it. Okay, so dealing with verbal abuse, I dealt with growing up, I'd say from the age of give and take maybe 12, 13, I was told that I was nothing. I was never going to be anything. I was nothing but a slut and a whore. I got accused of being a prostitute around 14 years old, 13 or 14. Um, I was never a prostitute at that age. I was introduced to prostitution at 13. I knew what it was. I'm by a family friend. And uh, I was just, who, you know... Who, who will remain nameless because we're protecting identities here. And if we're going to use a name, like we agreed before, we're just going to change the name. We're going to make up a name for them. But keep going. Um, she's actually still around in my neighborhood. And she had told me that a guy was looking at me. I was 13. Mind you, everybody, I was 13 years old. And she told me a grown man was looking at me and wants to do something with me. And he had to be, I would give and take, maybe in his 40s. I was young then, so I really couldn't, I really couldn't give you that. But... He had to be in his 40s. I remember this man to this day. And he told her that he wanted me. He would have gave, he would have given me, I think it was $80 to $100. And I made it to the door and I ran back home because I was just like, that's not me. That's not what I'm, that's not me. I'm not doing this. Right. I'm not going to succumb to this. So she introduced me to that, that type of lifestyle. I didn't do it that day. I basically started running away from home because of my brother's physically, I'm not physically, but verbally saying things and everything starts affecting me. I'm a child. I'm not supposed to be going through this. So if I'm hearing these things and this is bothering me, then what else do you expect me to do? I don't want to stay around you guys. So I'd right. either be upstairs at my best friend's house or I'll be at my friend's house or I'll be at another boy's house. And mind you, I'm not doing anything with them. These are my friends. So you know, it'd be times I didn't have money to eat. That's back in the day when Chinese food was two fifty, and I didn't have Yo, no money to eat. I remember, and you, and you can get an iced tea for a dollar in the in the large plastic container. Right. Oh man. So I didn't have money to eat two dollars and fifty cents worth of Chinese food, or buy a little sandwich from the corner store. I didn't have it. So it got down to I'm meeting guys that are 
I'm not doing anything with them, but they feel sorry for me. So they're, they're letting me stay with them at night because I didn't want to go home or I'm going home and I'm sneaking in the middle of the night while they're sleeping. I stayed out the whole day because I didn't want to hear from them and I'm going home to lay down. And as I'm laying down, give her about 10, 15 minutes later, she'll come in, throw water on me, throw a bucket of water on me and start cursing at me because I stayed out all day. But we're failing to realize the reason why I stayed out all day is because I didn't want to hear your words. I didn't want to hear the constant, uh, the constant negativity from you and my brothers. So that's why I stayed away. So okay. that led me to the street life. Okay. And, and, and that's what this whole thing is about, you know, to explain, you know, how you made it to the streets. Because, I mean, at this point in 2019, you know, from the discussions that we have, you know, you've overcome that, you know, you've, you've left that life. But definitely what I want to know before you got into that life, you know, t tell everybody who you were. Who were you when you were little Epic? Or can we call you baby Epic? <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> When you were baby epic, you know, like when you were uh, 13, 14, 15 years old, like who were you? If you can remember back that far. I love to read. I wanted to be a dancer, not strip club dancing. I wanted to be a Alvin Ailey, uh, African dancing. I love dancing. Um, I love to read. I always, I always love to write. I've always wanted to be a lawyer. So I had dreams and goals, but they got killed with my family but um I was just simple I just wanted love I wanted my father he wasn't around um I just wanted love like at a kid as a kid I knew that all I wanted was love and I was I was basic I was just a little girl looking for the basic stuff that a little girl should have gotten and it didn't work out that way so it changed me I could definitely tell you this you know I can relate you know because my uh father he wasn't he wasn't around either you know, and, and I, I never forget there was a, a Father's Day. We were all, you know, sitting in a community room and, you know, we we're making cards for our father. And I never forget that, you know, I made my card and then I went upstairs crying to my mother. I was maybe about, uh, probably was like 10 or 11. And she goes, you know, you know, Jamaican people, you know, oh, I do you. So I'm just pretty much like, oh, you know, you know, I'm making this card for my father, but I don't have a father and blah, blah, blah. And my mother pretty much said that, you know, I am your father. She goes, you know, you know, he's always been welcome to come around and he doesn't come around. But the point being is that, you know, by fathers not being around, they don't understand that, you know, that we need them, you know, that you see there are families that have mothers and fathers and you want to know what makes you, you know, what made me so bad that you couldn't be around. You know right. what I mean? Right. You know. So where, where did you grow, grow up? I know the answer to that question. Where did you grow up? Tell everyone. I am from Flatbush, Brooklyn. Born and raised Church Avenue, and that's where I started. You see, uh, I lived in Brooklyn as as well too as a kid, and I moved to the Bronx when I was ten. So you know, I, I know you're going to hate me for this because we, you know, I, we've laughed <laughs> about this before. But you know, I I, I rep the Bronx, you know, all the way all the way up from South Bronx and no, North Bronx. I you know, if you ask me, Bronx, so it's not that bad. If you ask me what the best borough is, I'll tell you the Bronx. You know why? Because the, Bron <laughs> the Bronx invented rap music. Look at that. And they have the best baseball team, the Yankees. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us what tell us what Church Ave was like in Brooklyn. Um, well, my era growing up, we had the boosters. Before it was credit card swiping, you had boosters, you had drug dealers. That's okay, all so I tell remember. Us, <laughs> tell, 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 
tell us about the boosters because some people might be listening and go, what's a booster? I know what a booster is. Some people might think it's a booster seat or you're lifting people up. What's a booster, Epic? <laughs> a booster is a person that goes, they take your order of what you need clothes-wise and they go into the store and they get whatever you need by stealing it and they come back and they sell it to you for half the price. So pretty much if I want a pair of Jordans and they're $300, I go down to Flatbush Ave, I'm sorry, Church Ave, and and I find a booster. The booster will charge me a buck fifty for the three hundred dollar shoes, but he or she steals them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. I mean, I guess it's a it's a business, you know, in in one set or another. Um, but you know, that's mostly the culture. You know, New York City culture is different. A lot of people who don't live in New York City or who who never grew up in New York City don't really understand the culture because you know, even though I lived in the Bronx, we had our own you know set of scams as well too, like. I feel that because I'm from the Bronx and, and I'm or New York City, and I'm sure you can relate as well too. You could you could spot a scam coming from a mile away. You can look at him like, yeah, that smells like scam all over it. <laughs> so, were, were you a good student? Like, you know, like what, what you said you like to read. Tell me about school for you. Um, no, I wasn't a good. I was good when I was when I when I could focus. Other than that. I never went to school like that. I'm going to be honest with you. At 13, I started my running away days. I got with the guy that I was with for two years, and I never went to school <laughs> towards in the beginning because, like I said, I've dealt with physical and verbal abuse from young, so my mind wasn't focused on that. My mind was to do anything to get away from home. Now, did you graduate high school or did you get your GED? I dropped out of high school in 10th grade, and I got my GD when I was 29. Now, I, I'll tell you this. You know, a lot of people might frown on people that have GEDs, and I definitely am not one of those people because I myself, I got mine as well, too. I didn't go to school just like you for, it's not because I was dumb, you know. You know, it's because I had better things to do. I'd rather hang out. And, you know, my mother's going to be listening to this, and I can hear her right now. Oh, Really? But you know, I had better I had better things to do than go to school. I want to hang out. I want to run the cut party in my mother's house. Yeah, I'm gonna come clean on that. I used to run a cut party in my mother's house. You know, I used to go cut class at my friend's house. I'd go to Times Square. You know, but you know, I got my GED as well too. Because when when I never forget the time I was watching the People's Court, and people on TV were arguing over 150 dollars. That's what they were arguing for, 150 dollars. And I looked at my bank account, and my bank account was negative, like $300. I'm like, I can't get a job more than $6 an hour. Let me go get my GED. And I went to go get it. So, you know, yeah. I commend you for getting your GED. And I empower anybody that's listening, you know, to go seek out that, that education. You know, but when you, used to, when you used to run away, where'd you go? Um, I had a lot of men friends, sadly to say, at 13. But I had, a lot, were, of, I had a lot of guy friends. And they were uh -huh. platonic, right? They were platonic, yeah. just friends. I had a lot of guys, platonic friends. I started having sex at 13, but it wasn't with them. Um, it was a lot of platonic friends. I don't, I never hung out with girls like that growing up. So it was a lot of platonic friends. And if I needed a night, a place to stay, they knew, they knew my situation. So they, they sympathized with me and they let me stay. How old, how older were these guys? You were 13 on average. How older were these uh, platonic friends? I would say 17 to 18, all the way up to 30-something years old. Okay. And were you staying with their families, or was it just like their own apartment? Some was with their families, because their moms knew me. 
and the older they had their own place. Okay. So we talked about your mother a little bit, um, and you mentioned your siblings. How many siblings do you have? I have two older brothers from my mom. Oh, oh so you're the youngest. You're the baby. Yeah. Oh, so Baby Epic is a fitting name. <laughs> <laughs> What's your relationship like with them? Um, me and my oldest brother are more alike. We're okay now. Um, my second brother, we've never been close. Um, I, get, I can say that we're working on it. But it's just that we're working on it. <laughs> so he kind of sides with my mom and... I'm going to say he sides with her back then. I don't know what's going on now, but I've changed. So I guess everybody's opinion about me changed. That's, that's, that's understandable. So with your, your brother that you had the, had the good relationship with, did he know where you were running away to? Or did you just go AWOL and not tell anyone? I don't know. We had a good relationship, meaning we spoke. Nobody knew where I was going. Nobody knew where I was going. Um, it wasn't a, oh my God, do you know, do you see what she's doing? Nobody stepped in and said, Hey, how you're treating her is not okay. Cause they were a part of it. And I'm going to say birds of a feather because that's her children. So they're going to follow after whatever she's doing. And, um, no, nobody knew that was for me and for me to have a peace of mind and for me to get away. It was nothing for me to tell anybody. So did your mom ever call the cops to like look for you or submit like a missing persons report or like a minor is missing or something like that? I'm going to assume because she put me on pins. So back in the day, pins, What's pins? Was a, pins was a program to where if you didn't go home or if you ran away a lot, if the police saw you and they had your picture, they had all right to pick you up and take you home or I guess take you to wherever. Um, I was one of them, like I said before, that ran away a lot. And uh, I didn't care whether she put me on pins or not. I wasn't going home because my thing is if tell the truth and tell them why I wasn't going home. Don't make me out to be this troubled teenager or this troubled child. And it's not that. So I know the pins is not like non-existent now in New York, but back then it was a thing and detectives would show up at my building and I'll be outside and they're like, Oh, go inside. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to tell me. you a reason. Right. Like, <laughs> I'm going to let you know why before you guys just come down and have me as this troubled child. I'm not that. So that's what it was. Okay. That's understandable. Um, you know, I remember uh, there were some kids that went to my school and they had, they were in the PINS program as well, too. This was high school. It was like ninth grade. Um, and they they actually lived in a group home. After a while, they took them and moved them into a group home. So I'm not really too familiar with the program because, you know, at ninth grade, you know, you don't really ask these questions. But, you know, I hope that, you know, somebody that's listening could probably relate. I'm like, oh, yeah, I knew somebody that was on pins, you know. But just to sidetrack real quick, you know, I want everybody listening, you know, so far. If you like what you're hearing, I want you to follow us on social media. We're on Facebook.com slash Epic Speaks. I want you to to like it. You know, I want you, I want you to tell your friends, you know, I, I want you to tell everybody, you know, you can even ask questions, you know, down the line. If you guys ask questions, you know, we may start a Patreon or something to where, you know, we start answering personal questions one-on-one, not too personal, but like one-on-one questions. Like you'll have your own questions for, for Epic because Epic is going to get into some uh, different, different discussions later on about certain lifestyles of the street that most of us don't even know, you know, like, like, Epic said 
you know, a couple of minutes ago that, you know, she, her parents thought that she was a prostitute. Her family thought she was a prostitute at 13. But she eventually, Epic, you eventually did become a prostitute, right? Yes, I did. And they're, they're, the, the life of prostitution and, and, and sex and everything else like that, you know, people glamorize this on the TV. You know, like, you know, every, every, every kid growing up in the hood wants to grow up to be a basketball player, a football player, a pimp. You know, not all of us, but some of us, you know what I mean? Because you want to be a pimp, you want to get all the ladies. It seems cool. But I'm sure Epic, you know, you will dispel those rumors, you know, going through the episodes and let people know that. Wow. Well, I'm going to stop. Go ahead. Stop I can't me. sit there and say that. My goal was to become a lawyer, and it's still a goal because it's never too late. Yes. Um, but growing up, wanting to get away from my family, my, my, I changed my goal at that point in time at like 16, 17. I knew that dancing would be the only way out. So, like I said, my error is a long time. It's not a long time ago, but BT After Dark. When Tip Drill first came out, Nelly Tip Drill, the song and the video came yes. out. That's yes. when I knew that that's my only way out of getting away from these people. And I took it as a game plan and I ran with it. You see, mo mo and most people, again, <laughs> might be listening to us and go, what's BET After Dark? For those of you guys who don't know what BET After Dark is, BET, Epic, correct me if I'm wrong, BET After Dark came on about, what, 2, 3 a.m. in the morning? Yes, it did. And it was like, <laughs> it was the videos that you wouldn't show your mother because your mother would be blushing. You know, you wouldn't want your mother, people listening, to even know that you even knew the things that were going on in those videos. And, you know, when she, when, when Epic was watching uh, B&T B, B After Dark, I was watching B&T After Dark, too, because we're in the same age group. And I can tell you this, when I was watching B&T After Dark, I shouldn't have been watching B&T After Dark. I should have been asleep. <laughs> well, what was one of your favorite songs on B&T After Dark? Tip drill. Tip Drill and Slow Motion by Juvenile, because that's when both those songs came out. That's a good way to uh, to date that, so everybody knows, you know, uh, uh, when to go back. Let's talk about basic things, basic things. Did you ever like Barbies when you were growing up? You know, because I, I need people to understand that you were, you, you don't just grow up and just, like, like you've already opened the door a little bit. You don't just grow up and just become, like you know, on the streets, you know, like you lived a normal life. Like, did you like Barbies? Did you play with dolls? Like, give us a little insight on like the toys and food and different stuff like that. No, no Barbie dolls. My life wasn't nowhere near normal. So none of the, none of the average stuff. No. It but, wasn't, and, no. <laughs> and, again, and again, the word normal, if you ask me, I think the word normal is very subjective because I like to use this analogy that, Goldfish don't know that they're in that their fish is in a fish tank. So to them, you know, their life, what's around them, that's just normal. So whatever you grew up with with your life as a as a as a young lady, as baby epic, you know, that was normal to you. You probably didn't know any different. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, if if your brothers are listening to this, you know what? What do you want them to take from it? Let's start with the brother that you have the relationship that you're working on with. Um, that well, we I've given text messages to people to him, and uh, basically saying before you point the finger, realize where it came from. That if those words weren't spoken to me, that maybe my life would have been different. Um, if you guys were more encouraging towards me as your baby sister, my life would have been totally different. But you guys saw me as the enemy, I would say, 
and treated me as such that when you do certain things to people, there's, I'm not going to say a consequence because nothing happened to them. It was towards me, but there's a cause and effect. And my effect was living a street life. And this goes for both of them. So just, just to tap in a little bit more to the, to the street life, you know, cause again, there are people that are going to be listening to this that lived in suburbia and describe the street to them because them they think the streets when they open up the door and look and look out and see grass and trees describe the streets in your own words well new york city is not typical suburban neighborhood it's no, buildings right. it's streets it's sidewalks is uh what you call it concrete liquor stores on every block church on every block corner store on every block hair stores everywhere there's always somebody outside <laughs> no matter what time it is it's not quiet. Not 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 by any means. <laughs> not at all. I remember um, growing up in Brooklyn these... as a kid, and there were gunshots when I was growing up in Brooklyn as a kid at night. That's you normal. Know? Yeah, it's normal. That's normal. Uh, so, I mean, what's what's scary to somebody else is normal for me. I'm used to street lights. Right. I live in North Carolina right now. Where I'm at, it's no street lights, and that scares me. So. <laughs> I'm like, everything. everything's different. I can get up 2, 3 o'clock in the morning and go to a party or go to a little bar lounge and have a drink or just catch a vibe if I wanted to. Right. So New York is loved for all different reasons by many different people. That's right. That's right. If you ask me, I think it's, it's the best city in the world. Um, on your, uh, your Epic, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, your Instagram is Epic NYC? My Instagram is Epic I-N-C, Epic Inc. Epic Inc. New York, N-Y. And I see that you do uh, speaking engagements as well, too? Yeah, I do speaking engagements. I try to do self-esteem related circle groups for young girls. Basically, encouragement, tell them about my lifestyle. Letting them know that the streets are real and that certain things can happen. You got to be mindful of the friends you keep. You got to be mindful of the family that's around your children. And to let them know that there are predators, I'm going to call them predators because that's what they are, predators that are out there waiting for your child to slip up or waiting for a bad day to where either you said something and at the end and at the blink of an eye, they could be like, okay, well, I want to go with you and you won't hear from the child again. So my focus is to let these little girls know that it's more to life than the streets. It's also to let fellow workers like me that are still in the life know that it's more to life than just money. It's more to life than to just sit in a strip club and do than just collect bread. Like, I know the fast life is fun. You get to do a lot. You don't have no rules, no showing up to work. It's no clocking in, clocking out. But at the end of the day, it's like, at the cost of what? At the cost of what? To where you don't have nothing set up. You don't have anything stable. There's no real stability in it. Unless you knew from day one what you wanted to get in and get out. Right. So it's different. And my focus is just basically bring awareness to a lot of parents and a lot of children. You know, this could de- this topic here could definitely be the elephant in the room. You know, like me, I don't have any kids in, and I'm definitely wary of certain things like me. I don't think I'd ever put my kids on social media because you don't need to know what my kids look like. If you want to know what my kids look like, you're more than welcome to come hang out. But I'm just one of those people. I don't think I'd really post too many pictures of my kids on social media because, you know, of predators, you know, they could be friends of friends. They could be 
people that just scrolling by and see my Facebook page or whatever page and and, and check the kids out. But um, speaking of, of predators, you know, were you preyed on when you were uh, a teen or, or a young lady by, by some savage? Um, I don't really look at it like that. Back then, I well, I can say that because at 15 years old, I dated a man that was in their 30s. And um, I was in a abusive relationship for two years with him. And now looking at it, I definitely could say, yeah. But back then, it was it, that was normal. So when this R. Kelly thing came out, and they're like, oh, my God, what is he doing? He's a predator. He was preying on them. Me growing up, that was regular for us. I had a guy right. in my neighborhood that works at a barbershop tell me when I was going to my junior high school prom, he was trying to talk to me. And I was 13 years old. And he told me when I got older that he wanted me from that young because I was pure and that nobody had me. And he wanted to mold me, put me through school and make sure I had his kids and I became his wife. That's weird. And yeah. I have a 13 year old niece right now. And if I even think that somebody's looking at her like that, like I'm told I will lose it. So just know, <laughs> and you have men like that to this day. And you had men like that growing up. And like I said, for me, that was normal. That wasn't weird for me that back when we were growing up as children, you had the older guys in the neighborhood trying to talk to you. It was nothing right. new. But now looking at it, that was totally disgusting. And if I knew then what I knew now, that wouldn't happen. So to kind of go, uh, to take a left turn or, or a right turn a little bit, how, how did you feel about the whole R. Kelly situation? For those of you guys that don't know, you know, there was a, a big thing on, I think it was Lifetime with uh, with R. Kelly and, and they were talking about his, you know, I guess for the lack of a better term, sexual exploits and, you know, domestic violence with his uh, with his wives and girlfriends and, you know, underage relationship with, with different peoples. Epic, how did you feel about that whole thing when you heard about it? I'm going to be honest, I never watched it. Okay. I never well, watched it. And uh, I never watched it. I'm going to leave it at that. I never watched it. But I, I know this too. I only I only watched it out of curiosity because I know that you and I talked about doing uh doing uh this podcast Epic Speaks, which you, you know you can hear pretty much anywhere that you can listen to a podcast. Apple Music, you know, Google, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Sound SoundCloud, pretty much anywhere. You can even listen to it on 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 Amazon on on your Alexa device. But um, when I watched the thing, I watched that R. Kelly uh, documentary out of curiosity. Because to me, most of that stuff wasn't brand new. Like for me, I'm like, R. Kelly wasn't, didn't just turn a pervert. R. Kelly's been a pervert. You know, R. Kelly's been a pervert since TV's had backs on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, none of it was shocking, but, you know, I didn't understand, you know, the relationship that he had with his wife, you know, and the relationship that he had with his kids and, you know, and how, and how, you know, he would tell his wife that, he, you know, she had to ask him to eat. Like, no, like she better eat, you know, like where, where was her family? But, you know, I, I guess everybody has their own story. But the only story, the main story that we're concerned about is yours. Um, I would like to thank you for giving us a, a brief into your childhood, into the beginning, the genesis of, of Epic. You know, this is only the first episode. Uh, the next episode, we're, we're definitely going to get into some uh, more stuff. You know, I think that um, what we get into the language may be a little bit, you know, unsuitable for younger viewers, younger listeners, but I definitely still want them to listen um, because, you know, Epic will be, you know, saying some stuff that may be going around with these, you know, younger, with these younger kids 
and the parents might be around and be oblivious to all of this that's going on. So, so Epic, I definitely want to thank you for the time that, you know, we spent today on, on Epic Speaks. You know, give your last words for everybody that's listening. Thank you for listening. I'm going to open your minds and open your hearts to a lot, to reality, to what really can be going on with your son or your daughter and you don't even know. When I say to be aware of your kids' friends and be aware of your kids' surroundings, it means a lot because nobody's child at 13 should be exposed to prostitution or it should be an option at 13 years old. Um, this is serious. Verbal abuse is serious. I don't like when parents curse at kids. A lot of things affect kids differently. If you know your child, you know, take care of them. Make sure that they're okay. Don't be a bully outside of whatever else is going on with them. Nowadays, kids are taking their lives over over little stress. And I'm not going to call it little stress, but I'm not going to make it seem as if what they're going through is not a lot. But kids go through things, too. We have to take in consideration that kids go through things, too. So just stay tuned and hold on and wait for the rest of the story because it's about to get real. <laughs> well, I can't wait. Ladies and gentlemen, I am your host and your moderator. I am Tristan Law, and you are listening to Epic Speaks. Of course, follow us on Facebook.com slash Epic Speaks. Tell a friend. You know what? Just don't tell one friend because I hope you guys have more than one friend. Tell all your friends because you know what? We will be back next week. Again, I'm Tristan Law, and that was Epic. This was Epic Speaks, and thanks for listening. <laughs>